Hello and welcome to Young Nostalgia, the podcast that takes a trip down memory lane from two guys that never lived it. I'm Nolan and as always, Ben is beside me, 800 miles away, making a whole bunch of noise in our entrance, uh, cracking a beer open, but that's how we do things here at Young Nostalgia. Ben, how you doing, man? Oh, it's been Hot a good day. Hot swig. <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a pretty good day, a nice, uh, after I got home this morning, it'd be a nice lazy Sunday until, we, until it's time to record. How's your day been? Good, man. Um, Michelle's had some mathematic, graduate mathematic problems. Not necessarily problems, but she had a take-home exam to do, and I call that a problem, because then that means I can't see her. So she went into town, and she's doing that currently. But other than that, you know, I had to, you know, go get groceries by myself, so all I got was bread and beer and came back home, and that's all we need. (laughs) You know, that's that's really the... uh... That's really all you need in life. That'll get you by. That'll get you by in a lot of situations. Right. And then half a dozen eggs. That's it. <laughs> I went up to the cash register to be like, hey, can you cut this in half for me? I only need six. <laughs> Did she let you do that? No, she actually just took six out and gave me the whole 12 carton, but then just kept six out. She didn't feel oh, like lame. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Did, did, <laughs> you should have had her cut the eggs. So you got one dozen half eggs. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Thank you guys so much for joining us as we talk about our passion for the past while being young and hard. As it is October, and, and we're actually going to record this month in music history for October in the beginning of October rather than the, the end of September like we did for this month in music history for September. Well, <laughs> well a little bit of behind the scenes. It's kind of the same because we're recording uh, this month in history for October at the end of September. That's true. Today is September 30th. Uh, <laughs> see, like, the cool thing about podcasts is that nobody really knows when you actually do it. Like You could, you could record it an tell hour them. beforehand, and then we're pretty bad with saying, hey, it's this day compared to when the release is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we could be holding up this grand illusion that we're doing all this stuff, and it could be like, it could be like a year behind, <laughs> right? <laughs> we could be, we could, we could have built up twenty years worth of podcasts and then just riding them out. Yeah, honestly, like Ben, ha- Ben and I haven't recorded in fifteen years. <laughs> we just did it all in two nights up until now, just nonstop recording. <laughs> All right, man. So it's great to be back. Uh, Next week is actually going to be a really fun episode. Well, actually, this is we're kind of doing this maybe a little bit backwards. I'm not entirely sure. But whenever you (laughs) listen to this, you have either heard our episode with our good friend Kyle or the episode with Kyle is about to come up. One of the two. But... (laughs) <laughs> we're super excited to have Kyle on board again. We're going to talk about, oh, we, we're either going to talk about or have talked about um, the new happenings within video games and kind of all of our guys' experience growing up with video game systems, the games that we enjoyed, and kind of how what we grew up with being so mainstream back then is beginning is beginning to re, uh, you know, re uh, resurface. There we go. It's about it's beginning to resurface with these retro remakes and classic consoles where they just have ROMs running of the old games, and we're going to kind of talk about what we feel, um, that nostalgic factor, as well as is it even practical to buy these classic um, retro consoles that they just load 20 games of ROMs on. So that's going to be a fun episode. Um, I hope you either enjoyed it or are looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, it'll end up being uh, kind of similar to the 
episode we had Andy on. Um, but we just hope to get a little bit different uh, viewpoint from Kyle, as well as uh, we'll have a little bit more time to kind of dive into stuff deeper that we kind of had to gloss over a little bit with Andy. Right. Yeah. And it's nice to have Kyle on because he's a little bit more of our age. So he kind of grew up around the same type of games and experiences. So it'll be cool mm-hmm. to talk to him. We're looking forward to it. Um, but without further ado, why don't we jump into this month in music history for October. Ben, what you got? All right. I feel like we've talked about this in the past, but it's always worth bringing back up. October 2nd of 1967, all six members of the Grateful Dead are arrested for drug possession after a raid at their 710 Ashbury Street house in San Francisco. I think the best thing about this is that, like, the police just don't do a raid. Like, they, they had to have some sort of probable cause or understanding that the Grateful Dead had drugs in this household you know what i mean like they had to have gotten some sort of wind or tip or something and then oh the police are like okay time to go break into the grateful dead grab some signatures and arrest them all yeah it's such a shocker that the grateful dead are gonna have drugs in their house (laughs) (laughs) who would have thought oh i have no idea well it's just so funny i mean i'm surprised you don't hear much more about just the other bands in this era like i'm sure they could have just broken into any of the other bands like headquarters or home or recording studio or something they could arrest all of them right then and there as well yeah you don't really you don't really hear anything else about uh specifically raids but we do from time to time we do have stuff pop up where you know someone is arrested for drugs you know we had we've had uh members from rolling stones the doors we've talked about and other in other shows, you know, going to jail or getting, you know, arrested, whatever, for for drugs. But you don't really see much else on, like, a full-scale raid and, like, everyone arrested. Right, right. Do you think they were so scared, uh, not necessarily scared, but prepared, they had uh, bulletproof vests and, like, the SWAT visors and all this? I hope they did. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I mean, it's, depending what's going on, like... You're going to be busting in on a bunch of stoners just laying around. <laughs> Eating Cheetos. Yeah. And their whitey tighties. Uh, All right. October, all right. Take us on. October 3rd, 1954. Stevie Ray Vaughn is born. I like Stevie Ray Vaughn. Yeah, I agree. I think he's entertaining. <laughs> we don't have really anything else much more to go on that. You know, it's kind of a vague, just a, yep, he was born. Yeah, and we like groovy, him. He's a, he's a groovy cat. Groovy guy. <laughs> groovy cat. There we go. <laughs> All right. We got two of them coming up here on October 4th. Uh, the first one being 1956. Johnny Cash is jailed for drug possession. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one. We are just talking about this. <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The next one goes, well, kind of along the line, same lines, too. Um, October 4th of 1970, Janis Joplin dies of a heroin overdose in a Los Angeles hotel room at the age of 27. Man. And, yes, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just said man. I mean, I, I enjoyed Janis Joplin, um, you know, and just the, the entertainment that they brought. And uh, I don't know, I guess I never really understood or knew that he actually died from a heroin overdose. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she was kind of the... She's one of the people that are kind of that people centered around the like the twenty seven club kind of thing. 
Oh, yeah. You know, all the entertainers and, uh, well, yeah, it is pretty much mostly uh, around entertainers. That There's a huge portion of them that died at or very close to the age of 27, um, which is kind of interesting. That'd be an interesting, it, not necessarily would make for a good entire show, but it'd be good to talk about, you know, kind of go through the list and circumstances and that sort of stuff of, you know, just a, of the, the 27 club and right and what it's all about right i think we're due for definitely another like conspiracy conspiracy show in the near future that and i was also thinking about just today that later this month i have no idea how we could somehow steer it back around to retro pop culture but it'd be fun to do kind of like a an october halloween special kind of thing Ooh, that would be cool no idea what we would do talk about maybe kind of the evolution of halloween through um, whether it's worldwide or just the United States, I don't know, that'd be something kind of fun. No, I agree. I agree. Something that is kind of scary is that Steve Perry's coming out with a solo album in October. No, really? Yeah, just by himself. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're saying it's been 16 years since he's been in the studio or, or released music like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think, I think that's interesting. Well, check it out. <laughs> Yay, Steve Perry. October 5th, 1992, Guns N' Roses holds the top two positions on the charts with their albums Use Your Illusion and... Oh, I see. Ah, okay, with their two albums, <laughs> Use Your Illusion 1 and Use Your Illusion 2. There we go. I was like, wait a second. The show prep kind of mixed me up because I thought it was like a, a another, like whether it be and I or something like that, but no. Right, right. right. Um, this is, it's, this is pretty cool. You know, that's awesome to be holding both positions, um, at the top of the chart. That being said, I'm not really a huge Guns N' Roses fan. I just, they're so stinking overplayed. Yeah. I mean, from the music that they do play, you know, on the radio, usually like Welcome to the Jungle, Sweet Child of Mine, like that stuff is amazing and just iconic rock. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I can't, I cannot say that I am very either well versed or could pinpoint any other music by the Guns N' Roses. I mean, their their sound and voice is so distinct, but you just don't hear anything other than like those two songs. Right. Yeah. That and you know when they come on the radio or something like that, you know, riding someplace in the car and the radio's on, and you know, I don't mind it so much, but I never ever just sit down and be like i want to listen to some music i want to listen to some guns and roses i don't think i've ever done that that and, and the you know that I mean? and the grateful dead right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um i don't know it's just one of those bands that like you hear all the time and it's like okay you know not too bad i enjoy it but it's like uh, i don't really feel like you know listening to them on my own right <laughs> you know, anymore i just hear more about axel like axel rose rather than anything else yeah Mm-hmm. All right, moving forward, October 8th of 1980, uh, Bob Marley collapses during a concert in Pittsburgh and will never perform again. Yeah, I think this was kind of the the last turn towards the worst when it came to you know drugs and um, how, it, how it impacted his performances in life as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much. I don't have much more to put uh, input on on Bob Marley, but uh, yeah, this is kind of this was kind of a time in his life where everything was just kind of coming to a head, and it you know something's got to break. Right. 
And uh, October 9th, 1940, John Lennon was born, the one and only. In 1975 of October 9th, Sean Ono Lennon is born to John Ono Lennon and Yoko Lennon Ono. That's a mouthful. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's pretty interesting that it's the same day. Right. Yeah, I find that. I find that super interesting. And I don't know, man. I always have just huge mixed feelings when it comes to John and Yoko together. A lot of people blame Yoko for the uh, breakup of the Beatles. Yeah, I don't know. There's just so much weird stuff around Yoko Ono. She was just weird. Right. I mean, talk about not that good of a singer. Oh, I horrible. Oh, Oh my God. I mean, I don't know. Like, what else is she really... I don't know a ton about Yoko Ono, really, but I just kind of always think, like, what is she famous for? Being with John? Uh, yeah, but so it's like she's... Everything you ever hear about her, it's because she's, like, riding the coattails of somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to rag on just Yoko Ono, but, I mean, I guess we don't really... I'm fine with it. <laughs> I just don't have an appreciation for her. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll stop. I'll stop ragging on people as much. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Sure. It'll come back up. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. October 12th, 1997. This one makes me sad, even though it was, you know, like 20 years ago. Uh, John Denver is killed when a plane he was piloting crashes over Monterey Bay, California. This is super sad, man. I think John Denver was just a huge staple and iconic figure when it came to um, country music. Like he almost kind of bridged the gap between classic country heading into like the new reformed kind of country that you start seeing in like the 80s and 90s. Yeah, well, it's like even people who are not, you know, country fans or anything like that like John Denver. It's like if you don't like John Denver, then you don't have a soul. Right. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Like my my parents gave me um passed down their vinyl collection and my dad had a had a few val- albums of John Denver. Um, oh one really? Was like wind, one was Wind Song and I think one was one of his greatest hits. But I love it, man. Like the greatest hits is amazing. Whereas like Take Me Home, Country Road, and um, what's a few uh, Jet Plane? Like I'm leaving on a jet plane. I think that's John Denver. I uh, I know I'm kind of drawing a blank on that. All right. Anyway, well, there's a there's a I actually can't remember the name of the song. It's a Country Boy or something like that. It's Thank God I'm a Country Boy. Oh, okay. Probably I'm drawing a blank um, on that. See, we're not really helping helping each other out in this regard. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> um, no, that, that you know something insane. about this is I didn't realize how relatively recent his death was and i say recent you know i'm okay it's 20 years ago i know but i don't know 1997 seems really late right i mean in the grand scheme of things of what we talk about you know going back into the 50s like 1997 is not really that long ago just right and that's 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 what i was looking at you know uh, relatively speaking it's not that long ago right Um, and it just you know, okay, I was born in 1994. It's not like I remembered his death in 1997, <laughs> but it right. just—it just seems like it seems like he would have been dead longer than that. Right. And, I mean, it's just sad. 
Because, like, how many external circumstances happen for that to occur? I mean, you know, you've had tragedies of a lot of things that uh, celebrities really enjoy doing. Like, look at um, Harrison Ford. Like, there was a plane crash that he, like, he's a huge flyer. He loves to mm-hmm. fly. And he had a plane crash, what, years ago? I mean, what, 10, 15 years ago, maybe? But, I mean, you know, there was huge kind of concern about that. But he came out on top. But, you know, it just only takes but- one one thing to happen um, and just a huge figure, just an accident almost. It's yeah. weird to think about what could have been if John Denver, like if that didn't happen. Like I'd, I'd, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd pay 50, 60 bucks to go see a John Denver concert. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Well, I mean, it's uh, Jim Croce was similar. He died in a plane crash. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, it's, look at, look at his career. I mean, John Denver had a quite a long career before this happened. Jim Croce was, his career was very, very short leading up to that. I mean, he had a couple good albums and that's really about it. Right. You know, and any, you know, there's more albums of Jim Croce out there now, but they're all just kind of revamped greatest hits album right, that like, were released after the fact. Like the un, the unreleased tracks of certain <laughs> albums that, you know, he might have recorded but thrown out or something like that. Yeah, stuff like that. There's nothing that was, you know, I, nothing uh, nothing new on those albums. So there's more of them out there. But, you know, if you look at the original albums that he had, there's only, you know, two or three or a couple. Um, right. And he's one of those guys that you just think, like, well, what the heck, you know, how much more music, Jim Croce music could be out there? You know, right. if that hadn't happened so early in his career. Man, kind of sad to think about. Well, let's move on. Uh, October 17th of 1990, Vanilla Ice's To the Extreme is the first album to top the U.S. album chart on CD without vinyl counterpart. So there was no vinyl actually released for this album. It was only CD, and it reached top um, top of the charts. Vanilla Ice, though. Oh, my God. I, I All I can, you know, is, is just that Ice Ice baby and... and uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just get a sour taste in my mouth. <laughs> Maybe it's just because us being so appreciative of rock and roll and all that, that when it comes to this, it's like, ugh. That and his total ripoff of Queen. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Ice Ice Baby, and, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I you was, know, you can, oh, go ahead. You know, you can, I've heard interviews, uh, interviews of him about that, uh, that lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And he's... <laughs> explaining in the interview and he almost tri- he pretty much just trips himself up in the interview <laughs> and it's pretty funny because the, someone i can't remember what the the interviewer said uh but it was something about you know like what what is the distinction between the two uh rhythms you know and he starts singing it he kind of sings one and then sings the other and they're so incredible they're like the <laughs> same and he like kind of like pauses after that and is Almost like thinking to himself, he's like, "Oh man, they are the same." <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like just just then he realized it was it is the same. Not even after like mixing and editing and enhancing, it's just like, "Oh wait a second, maybe they are kind of close." <laughs> it's I don't know. You'll have to look it up. I don't know who it was with or anything, but it'd be funny. It'd be a good time to look up and and listen to because it's it's so true. He'll he'll. Uh, He'll do the thing, and and he'll do them back to back, like supposedly both songs. And then there's like kind of a pause where he's like, uh, 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 and then he'd be like, 
then he kind of went on with what he was saying but you could see you can just hear the gears turning in his brain like <laughs> oh geez that was they're so similar <laughs> i just put my foot in my mouth no i I, I i even heard um I heard like an interview or a story or something when it came to the reaction of actually Freddie Mercury. So he was eating breakfast one morning when the song came on, Ice Ice Baby. And the person with him like heard it and it clicked in their mind. And then they looked at Freddie Mercury and the only thing he did was put down his fork and smiled. And then, you know, it just got the ball rolling with like the whole copyright and all that. But, you know, Freddie Mercury's uh, response to that is just so funny where he's just like well time to there call my lawyer like <laughs> he's like <laughs> uh, yeah too uh. good okay uh <clears throat> october 19th 1965 todd park moore of big head todd is born now i have absolutely nothing to go on on this um and the only reason that i ended up uh putting it into the show notes is just because i thought it was funny that their name was big head todd (laughs) well i was oh my gosh man because you you said this point and i was about to just shrug at you over the facetime because i have no idea where to go with this because in my mind you hoping that that i had something yeah in my mind i read that point like oh ben has a story for this like why why would he put this but i should have i should have just realized that you would have wanted the cool name rather than anything behind it yeah no that was the extent of my stories just thinking that the name was funny big head todd well, hey, if anybody has any anecdotes or information to let us know about Big Head Todd and Todd Park from that band, give us an email at youngnostalgia2017 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear for you from you and put that on the next show so we can kind of make ourselves look a little bit more credible. Um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's something that we'd really be interested in that we've been missing right. out on this whole time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, were the, they were actually the inspiration for Queen. Yeah, <laughs> they're this huge influential band that just no one even thinks about, <laughs> and we've been passing them up this whole stinking time. Right, right. <laughs> and like their 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 one debut song is called "Burn, Burn, Baby." <laughs> All right, All right. Oct- take October, us on. October twentieth, nineteen seventy seven. We got some Leonard Skinnerd loses Ronnie Van Zant, Steve Gaines, and Cassie Gaines. Um, when their place, when their plane crashes into a Mississippi swamp, talk about another tragedy. I think I remember, you know, this was just a huge, huge thing back in the rock and roll culture back, um, back in the seventies. I mean, losing such an iconic group like that, um, that made huge imprints both in kind of, I mean, talk about bridging even rock and roll and country a little bit, you know, Skidder kind of had that drawn out guitar and twanginess a little bit to, to certain of their music. Yeah, there's kind of a unique. They had a, a pretty unique sound, especially for the time. They had, it was kind of a, a rock and roll background with like a just a, a, a hint of country twang mixed in there. Right. It was like a southern rock kind of thing. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah, that's a good. Um, yeah, that's a good one. But yeah, it, I if I don't know the whole history of Leonard Skinner, but it just seems like they've kind of got the short end of the stick on in a lot of situations because I think they've had other. Uh, problems with uh, deaths and members of the band leaving, or that sort of stuff. I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know their history, but they've had other other issues with like ODs or something like that. And so there's been just kind of a, a continual problem with that sort of thing. 
um, with Leonard Skinner. Whether it was self-induced or accidental like this, um, it seems like they really can't catch a break when it comes to just keeping the band together. Right, yeah, they just, they just caught a bad, bad break of life. All right, so October 21st, 1995, Shannon Hoon, lead singer of Blind Melon, dies of a cocaine overdose at the age of 28. Do you know anything about Blind Melon? No, I feel like you've just put in some facts in here just to, just to fluff up the show a little bit, but Blind Melon sounds cool, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I've heard of them. I just don't really know much about them. I was kind of hoping being a little bit newer and kind of in the 90s stuff, you might have might know a little bit about it. But Were they part of the, uh, like the punk grunge push from the 90s, like Nirvana and all them? Were they part of that? Maybe. I don't know. All right. <laughs> well, do you want to take the next point? And maybe that I'm is... going to research them. Oh, good call actually knowing what we're talking about that's <laughs> why are we trying all, all to change up the in, rhythm here all i typed in was melon and that got me nothing <laughs> okay so october 25th 1991 concert promoter bill graham dies in a helicopter crash near vallejo california um this is another one that i, I don't have a, a ton to go on but bill graham is he's just a big name um, all around, um, anyone who's any, you know, familiar with the music industry at all knows Bill Graham. Um, but you know, it, it seems like there's quite a bit of, quite a bit of deaths that we have in October as far as uh, music personalities, whether it's enter, uh, the actual performers or um, surrounding people. There's there's lots of stuff that you know I ended up passing up on this this show prep. Uh, just because it, you know, it didn't necessarily fit or wasn't too relatable, but it seems like there is a disproportionate amount of deaths in October, uh, as opposed to you know any other month. Yeah, I found some stuff on Blind Melon. Uh, All right, lay it on me. They're kind of well known for like their neo psychedelic take on alternative rock, so the the sound <laughs> okay. was a little bit different. Um, kind of just a little bit trippy like take a little bit of uh later beatles sergeant pepper and then put it into alternative rock and it looks like that's kind of what you get maybe a little bit with blind melon they they (laughs) they definitely look a little bit rough around the edges um definitely the 90s grunge punk band look they got oversized t-shirts with beanie caps and super long hair okay (laughs) (laughs) oh boy Okay, but well, that's what I got. You learn something new every day. Now, uh, now we know all there is to know about Blind Melon. Right. They 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 got some commercial success after the 1993 hit No Rain. No Rain. That sounds familiar. Should hmm. I try and play it? No. <laughs> we'll probably get hit with a copyright. <laughs> right. No, it was actually do 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> October 29th, 1971, at the age of 24, Dwayne Allman dies while undergoing surgery after he is injured in a motorcycle accident in Macoon, Georgia. Or Macon, hmm. Georgia. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how that's pronounced. That's kind of sad. It, oh, man, I don't, I don't really want to derail us too much, but this kind of reminds me a little bit of a podcast I made it through um, 
uh, by a, a podcast directory called uh, Wondery on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Okay. Um, it was actually called Dr. Death. And I don't know if you've heard much about this, but it was like, Mm-mm. it was following the investigation and the true story of Dr. Dunch down in Texas. And he was a neurosurgeon for spinal surgery. And he actually botched 38 surgeries with 33 people being permanently damaged or paralyzed and two people being killed. And this kind of just like, you know, obviously we're all human, but, you know, what are the extenuating circumstances with this surgery? Whether it was, you know, they didn't operate him fast enough or on time, or was it something about the surgery itself that wasn't able to repair the the damages done to Dwayne Allman? You know, it just kind of, like after listening to that and kind of seeing some stuff, it kind of, um, you know, puts a different light on the healthcare system. Like, I don't know. That, that That's a different topic rather than this, I guess. But do you see what I'm saying? Like sometimes it's just how did that kind of stuff slip through the cracks? Yeah, yeah. It makes you think, you know, we don't know by any means all of the information. So you don't know if it's... Um, <clears throat> any sort of healthcare professional error or, you know, it might've been, he was just too busted up to save. Right. You know, I mean, it's a motorcycle accident. So that could very well be the reason. Yeah. Like that Um, cannot be pretty whatsoever. Oh no. I mean, it's just, it just turns you into ground beef, you know, (laughs) depending on the circumstances. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's super, super scary. Uh, okay. Um, Finish us up, man. Take us on home. Okay. October 30th of 1986. Oh, boy. Licensed to Ill by the Beastie Boys becomes the first rap album to reach number one. And you know what? (laughs) The music industry has been all downhill from there. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what to really comment on that statement, but a lot of people rave about the Beastie Boys themselves. I mean, you know what? I'm never going to put... I'm never going to put an individual or band down for the contributions that they made in terms of music, culture, you know, that kind of stuff, bridging gaps. I mean, just me personally, I am not huge in that music and a lot of people like it, um, you know, and I can respect that. But it's like, I hear the Beastie Boys and it's just like this, like I'd rather <laughs> listen to Bob Dylan. Oh. <laughs> uh. Way to bring that back around. That was good. <laughs> Full circle here. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one. You know, I'd, I'd rather listen to six hours of Bob Dylan than one hour of Beastie Boys. <laughs> For all of our <laughs> listeners out there that do enjoy the Beastie Boys, we love you. I mean... Like I said, we're, we're not ones to discredit anybody for the con- contributions that they made to the industry or their music itself, but, you know, yeah, we are keep just listening. Not... Keep listening, but your taste is questionable. Right. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> no, wait a second. I do not agree with that. Look, I'm supposed to be the nicey-nice guy, and Ben's supposed to be the rough-around-the-edges kind of guy on this podcast. Yeah, it's like a good cop, bad cop kind of thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> And here I am throwing a punch after Ben throws a punch. Um, so it was funny. We, uh, Michelle and I went to the Huskers game yesterday. First Huskers game. The environment was absolutely insane. It was super cool. Even though the Huskers are doing terrible and it was kind of hard to watch. But it was funny because you know our, our earlier conversation in one of our podcasts where we talked about um, not necessarily good singers but becoming like super popular. They played the Rolling Stones in the stadium and... 
With a stadium full of 88,000 people in a big place, they sounded pretty good. But if you put them through your car speakers, sometimes they're not the best. <laughs> the added distortion of the arena and mixed with 80,000 people singing along, you know, as long as it's enough to drown out the lead singer, I guess they sound okay. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> All right, man. I think that pretty much wraps us up here for this month in October for music history. Thank you guys so much for joining Young Nostalgia. This week as we continue our journey through retro pop culture. As always, if you enjoy the show, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can pick us up on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, um, pretty much any major directory that you can pick up your podcast will be there and we also want to hear from you guys we haven't actually got much listener feedback but again our show is growing pretty steadily and pretty regularly we're up to 20 followers on podbean which is absolutely amazing thank you guys so much but we want to hear from you guys our listeners if there's anything you guys want to know about me ben our friends any guests um, you know, people that have on in the future that, that you guys would like to hear talk with us, any of your opinions, anything, give us an email um, or post to our social media accounts. You can email us at, email us at youngnostalgia2017 at gmail.com. That's youngnostalgia2017 at gmail.com. And you can find our social media accounts for Facebook and Twitter on our Podbean page. You'll see the two banners. You just click on there and it'll take you straight there. Give us a follow. Give us a like. And... You know, you know, tweet at us, post something on Facebook, something that you want to know, or just you know, a cool little anecdote uh, for what you like to hear. Or you know, what does young nostalgia? What is the joy of young nostalgia that we bring to your week every week, or should I say every other week if we can't get an episode out? <laughs> but either way, we want to hear from you. Uh, sorry, I I thought you were going to say something, Ben. No, no, <laughs> no. I I had nothing to say. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Well. I think it was a fantastic show, a little bit quick and easy and quick and dirty, rough around the edges, but that's kind of like the way we like it. Um, again, we'll have Kyle on here soon, and hopefully you either enjoyed the show or look forward to that next week. It's going to be awesome. We like to banter back and forth. Ben, anything else, big guy? Nope. I think that was a super fun show as all. I I just, I just really enjoyed this month in history, no matter what the subject matter is. Um, we just tend to be kind of quick-paced, fun shows. Um, and I think that was a really good one right there. Um, but nope, I think we nailed it, as always. As always. And we'll always write. So, <laughs> <laughs> as we always say here on Young Nostalgia. Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We'll see you next week. <laughs>